How's it going, Sun Conference listeners? My name is Reagan Harrell, and welcome to another episode of Suncast covering the Sun Conference. We had a very eventful week all across the Sun Conference. A lot of sweeps in both baseball and softball. Uh, some top 25 teams making their cases to move up in the rankings, and some other top 25 teams who will be falling. Uh, we'll start with the first top 25 matchup in baseball. It was our big series of the week. It was Southeastern, the number one team in the nation, taking on number 18, Warner. A lot of anticipation on this one. Uh, people were talking Warner on a 20-game win streak, had a real chance of taking one or two from the fire. Uh, that did not happen at all as Southeastern continues their dominance as they complete the sweep of the Warner Royals and improve to 32-1 on the year. Uh, the Royals did start off good in Game one, they went up 5-3 in the second. Trey Woosley posted four of those five. He had a, a pair of RBI doubles, two two RBI doubles uh, in game one. Uh, from that point on, though, it was all fire. It, they had six doubles in the game, including RBI doubles from Gary Loya, Laura, Sam Faith, and Clayton Keyes in the fourth inning. DJ Roberts came out of the pen for Southeastern. He went four and a third scoreless. He got his fourth win of the year. And Southeastern took game one, 14-5. Uh, Firebat stayed red hot in game two. Senior Brian Fuentes had a four RBI game. Three of those coming on a three-run shot in the sixth inning, bringing his RBI total to 52. And home run mark up to 12. Those both are top three in the conference and top 10 nationally. Rob Adams, Easton Stoles, and Damian Torres combined for the seven-inning shutout of Warner. Uh, the game only went seven innings. As the fire out of Southeastern run rolled Warner in game two, winning 14 to nothing. And then the best pitcher in not only the Sun Conference, but the NAIA took the mound for game three. Rob Adams uh, showed he showed why he was one of the best. He went eight innings of one run ball, and that's one of his worst outings of the year. Uh, he improves to 9 0 in the year, gave up the RBI single. That is only the second earned run he has given up all year. Uh, Fuentes. Uh, stayed hot at the plate again for Southeastern. He went three for four with a couple of RBIs to help the sweep uh, six to th- six to one. Actually, had a chance to go out there and watch the game. And you know, Southeastern's everything as advertised. You know, you look at the numbers. Uh, they have five guys batting over four hundred. They look like a bunch of football players out there. I mean, they are built big. They're strong. They have great pitching, and they're going to be really hard to beat. And then. For Warner, you know, they were the toast of the NAIA for a good little minute now, winning 20 in a row. Um, I think a lot of people, for some reason, thought that Warner was going to go there and be able to take one from Southeastern. But, you know, I've said throughout the start of this podcast and to now, I think Warner's a really good team. I think they are one of the top 25 teams in the country. But there is a difference right now between set what Southeastern is and what everybody else is. That weekend, excuse me, this weekend fully proved that. Um, we'll go into talking about other games, but, you know, Weber, they had a tough weekend. St. Thomas uh, was beatable against USCB and looked beatable in the games that they did win. And, you know, Kaiser, they just came off the, swept of, the sweep of Weber, but they just got swept themselves. So I think at this point somebody is going to have to step up and get really hot at the right time, or Southeastern's not just going to run away with the Sun Conference. They might run away with the whole dead gum thing. Um, Warner, they uh, they have a chance to get back in the conversation. 
they'll play a Ave Maria team that I think they will be able to handle and they'll try to bounce back then. And speaking of bouncing back, boy, did Kaiser do that in a big way. Looked like Kaiser, I thought Kaiser was lucky, honestly, to even be in the top 25 anymore after what happened with them and St. Thomas. They stayed there, they were 24th, and they swept my boys. They swept Weber International University handily. And we'll get into the games later. Um, you know, games, I shouldn't say handily, game three was the only one that was a little out of hand, but boy, it just it felt like Kaiser had two hands on the wheel for the entire series. Um, outside of the first inning of game one, uh, when we posted up three early, that was a tough one. You know, was, I talked with some of the guys. I'm just like, you know, it's baseball. And we have good series and bad series. But, boy, this is not the time to be getting swept by a team who you should be. I think Weber is better. I think they're more talented. They definitely have better pitching, but it sure did not show uh, down in West Palm Beach this weekend. I mean, as I said, Weber started off game one hard, uh, very hot. They were up 3 nothing, thanks to Tom Milliner and Josh Blackmore RBI singles and a Kenny Rodriguez solo shot. Um, we'll talk more about Kenny a little bit, but he was just about the only bright spot in this Warrior lineup uh, this weekend. Uh, the rest of the way in game one, it was all Kaiser. They outscored Weber 7-2. to two. The rest of the way, Seahawks scored four in the third. Nate Brodsky doubled to right center, bringing two of his three RBIs of the day. Michael Cabeza got the win out of the pen. He threw four shutout innings. And Brian McCabe got his second save of the year as the Seahawks went on to win game one, seven to five. Danny Gallivan and Dylan Martin took the mound for Kaiser and Weber, respectfully, in game two. Martin is coming off two great outings um, against uh, Ave Maria and GGC. Uh, unfortunately for him, both of those ran long. He had 150 pitches against Georgia Gwinnett and a little over 90 against uh, Ave Maria. He was only able to go five. He did well in those five innings, only gave up a pair of runs, and one of them coming to the Sun Conference leader in home runs and RBIs, Tim Bashard. Uh, Galvin was just – about perfect uh, throughout game two. He made two bad pitches, and Weber took advantage of them as uh, Luis Acevedo and Kenny Rodriguez went back-to-back on back-to-back pitches. Zach Mauer would hit an RBI sack fly in the seventh for Kaiser, and McCabe came out of the bullpen again and got his second extended save of the year. And Kaiser took game two, three to two. And going into game three, I was – very confident we were going to be able to salvage at least one game of the series, send an X out on the mound, and unfortunately that just wasn't the case. The bats were ice cold outside of Kenny Rodriguez's solo shot, and Garrett Riez went seven innings, nine strikeouts, and the Seahawks' bats just jumped all over Weber. They uh, put up four in the first and didn't look back, winning game three, seven to one, and completing the sweep of the Weber International University Warriors. And this could be a huge turning point for Kaiser. You know, they pitched well. This series held a very talented Weber lineup to five, two, and one runs over the series. Uh, Outside of Kenny Rodriguez's three home runs, there wasn't much pop. Luis Acevedo had a home run in game two, and I believe that was all the home runs Weber was able to get in the series. Uh, I think Kaiser can now turn, turn this 
season around that's not been a great one after a hell of a year last year for the Seahawks. As for Weber, I think they'll get back right. They have a huge task this weekend as they play Southeastern. Um, but if there's one man in the Sun Conference I'm putting my faith in is Coach Colin Martin for the Warriors to be able to get his team right. And I'm unbelievably excited for next weekend's matchup that we'll get into a preview for an episode an episode later this week. Um, so I got that series wrong. You know, I thought Weber was going to take two or three, possibly even sweep Geyser. Got that one dead wrong, but something I was right about was the University of South Carolina Beaufort Sand Sharks going down to Miami Gardens and taking one from the number 10 team in the nation. Uh, USCB took game one, seven to two. Brandon Bloom was lights out on the mound going seven innings, only giving up a couple runs, no walks and four strikeouts. Brian Mayer stayed hot at the plate for the Sand Sharks going three for three with a triple. Nick Mallon went two for four with a couple of RBIs, and Landy Castro hit his eighth home run of the year. The Bobcats were able to even it up, though, in game two in Sun Conference Classic, a wonderful game. Castro got it started early with his ninth home run of the year, but the Bobcats would come back and post a four spot in the second, two coming from an Alan Carretta's two-RBI double and a couple more off of a two-run shot from Joey Thompson. Breven Harper's triple and a pair of singles for the Sand Sharks were tied up in the sixth, but one of the hottest hitters in the Sun Conference, Robin Fernandez, would give the Bobcats the edge with a two-run shot in the seventh and a two-RBI single in the eighth to give St. Thomas game two, eight to seven. USCB's Scott Matthews took the mound in game three for the Sand Sharks. Kristen Coipel for the St. Thomas Bobcats was his counterpoint in the rubber match. Matthews went seven innings, only gave up a couple runs on RBI singles in the fifth. Unfortunately for Matthews, Coipel was damn near untouchable, going the nine-inning complete game shutout, striking out 10 and only giving up two, two hits. St. Thomas wins the game three and the series two to nothing. Obviously, USCB will be disappointed in the series loss, but they played some great games against one of the best teams in the entire country. It's showing how deep this conference is. Any given series in Sun Conference baseball can go anyway. It's just a deep conference from top to bottom. There's not a bad team. Um, the USCB, they're at the bottom of the standings right now, but they'll be back up very soon. They are going to make news in the conference tournament this weekend. Ave Maria faced off against Florida Memorial in a very competitive series. A pair of two RBI doubles in the bottom of the first from Ave's Dylan Moser and Rocco Pacente gave the, the Gyrenes the early 4-2 lead. Lions would answer back in the f- second inning with a four spot of their own thanks to a trio of RBI singles. Ave would get the lead back by posting a three spot in the fifth and the sixth, taking game one 11-6. Florida Memorial would come out and take game two to even the series 9-5 to five, thanks to seven runs in the first two frames and seven gyrenes errors. Luis Ruiz and Fernando Villa led the way with a pair of RBI singles each. Ave had three more errors in game three, but they were able to overcome that with a three-run third inning and a straw bullpen game for the gyrenes to take the series, winning the rubber matchup 4-3. to three. So pretty much the main takeaways from baseball in the Sun Conference this series. Southeastern, still Southeastern. Warner has taken a step back after playing uh, very well over the last month. Weber will also be taking a step back after playing well all season.
Kaiser's back in it in the mix. Can't forget about them. And St. Thomas showed that they can be beat uh, losing to USCB. And USCB, they have made their case for saying, hey, any teams in the top 25, we will come to y'all's place or y'all come to our place and we can take one or two from you. Uh, just some scores from men's ten- tennis this weekend. Number 18, Ave Maria defeated number 22, Coastal Georgia, 5-2. to two. This is men's tennis, by the way. We'll get into the women's tennis in just a second. Uh, Kaiser, who's sitting just outside the top five, defeated Warner 6-1. to one. Southeastern won its fifth top 25 matchup, winning 6-1 over number 14, Mobile, on Saturday. See if Southeastern will get in the top 25 after that. And then number four, Kaiser, they continue their terrific season, sweeping SCAD 7 to nothing. And on to the men, uh, women's, excuse me, Coastal Georgia beats number 15, Ave, 4-3. Number 23, St. Thomas sweeps Warner 7-0. Number 18, Southeastern wins their eighth straight, beating number 25, Mobile, in the top 25 matchup 4-3. And then number two, Kaiser makes their case, just like their men's team, being one of the best teams in the country in the top 10 matchup against number six, SCAD. Seahawks went victorious, winning 6-1. We had an awesome weekend of Sun Conference softball as well. Starting off with Ave Maria and Thomas University. Uh, strong gyring pitching helped Ave Maria get back to 500 as they took two or three from the Nighthawks. Alyssa Bollinger dominated in the circle in game one for Ave with the complete game shutout in the 4 nothing win. Maggie Hampton led the way at the plate going two for three, including a two RBI triple. Game two was another pitcher's duel. Leanne Lane was solid for the Nighthawks going seven innings, only giving up one run. Unfortunately for Lane and the rest of St. Thomas, excuse me, just Thomas University, not St. Thomas. Nighthawks, not the Bobcats. Uh, Ashley Nelson went five and a third, scoreless, followed by an extended save from Bollinger. And Ave would take game two and the series one to nothing. Thomas was able to avoid the sweep in game three. Lauren Carter got her 12th win of the season for the Nighthawks, going the distance, only giving up a pair of runs. Dana Moore had a pair of RBIs in the fourth which was enough to get the lead for the Nighthawks, and Carter held on the rest of the way for the 5-2 victory in Game 3. The Weber Warriors dominated the weekend series, sweeping USCB back up north to South Carolina. Weber's top 25 hopes had taken a little bit of a step back in the midweek series loss as they only were able to get one of three from their cross-lake rivals, Warner. But the Warriors bounced back in a very impressive way against the Sand Sharks, Jenna Shodowin dominated in game one, going five innings, only giving up a couple of hits. She'd only need five innings of work as the Warriors posted eight runs, courtesy of a strong performance up and down the Warrior lineup. Brandy Barkwin put the final nail in the coffin of the Sharks with the bases loaded triple. That run ruled them in the fifth inning. The Warriors would take game two, three nothing behind one of the best pitchers in the Sun Conference. Kayla Swenson continues her Absolutely masterful season in the circle for the Warriors. She is one of the best pitchers, not just in the Sun Conference. She's got, just picked up her 12th win, and she brought her ERA down to .52, which is second best in the entire NAIA. Whitney Bones had a two-RBI double, and that was all Miss Swenson needed as they went on to win game two, three to nothing. Weber completed the sweep with thanks to a huge first inning. Whitney Bones, Morgan Mills, and Krista Hoyt all hit RBI doubles in the first. Mary Maggard and Maddie Holtz put the cherry on top of the series with a three-run and two-run home runs 
in the eighth to send the Sharks home to Beaufort, South Carolina. Also with that sweep, give a huge congratulations to Coach Christy Burton of the Weber International University Warriors. Coach picks up her 100th win of the year. Huge congratulations. Hope to be able to see many more in Babson Park, Coach. Uh, Weber improves to 25-10 and 10 on the year, and I'd be shocked to see them outside the top 25 in the new coaches' poll. Warner won their second Sun Conference series in a row going to West Palm Beach and sweeping the Kaiser Seahawks. Like Weber, the Royals pitchers shut down opposing lineups in games one and two. Tiffany Dotson went six scoreless innings, striking out eight Seahawks. Brianna Shell and Kelly Dreyer led the way at the plate for the Royals, picking up three and two RBIs in game one's 9 nothing route of Kaiser. Two runs in the top of the first was all Dotson would need to get her second shutout of the series as she came back out for game one of the doubleheader on Saturday and game two of the series. Dotson went the distance, giving up four hits and striking out six in game two's 2 nothing victory. Warner completed the sweep of Kaiser in game three. Kaiser was able to get a 3-1 lead in the fifth thanks to, to a three-run shot from Cassie Query. Uh, unfortunately for Kaiser, those were the only three runs the Seahawks were able to score the entire series. Warner was able to tie it up in the sixth thanks to a Trinity Hoff two-RBI single. Peyton Pillen would score Jordan Moore on a sack fly in the seventh to take the 4-3 lead and complete the sweep of the Kaiser Seahawks. The number 19 team in the country, the Southeastern Fire, would join the sweep party, taking three in a row from the St. Thomas Bobcats. The Australian Jamie Mead led, led the way for the Fire. She had five RBIs, four coming off of a grand slam, helping the Fire take the 9-3 victory in Game 1. Autumn Hunter picked up her ninth win on the year in Game 2, going the distance, only giving up a pair of runs. The Fire Bats did just enough as Alex Hitton, Haley Harrell, and Erica Stahl each had one RBI in Game 2's 3-2 victory. Claire Seckinger pitched a complete game shutout, striking out six in Game 3. Alex Hilton had a two-run shot in the fifth, and that was just enough for the Fire as they were only able to score one more run in the game. That was more than enough for Miss Seckinger in the circle as the Fire take Game 3, 3-0 three and complete the three-game sweep. Not a whole lot to talk about in the Coastal Georgia, the number 10 team in the country as they took on Florida Memorial. Look, everybody for Coastal Georgia hit incredibly well and pitched very well, and the opposite can be said for Florida Memorial. You know, you look at a team like Flomo, they're 1-15 on the year, and then Coastal Georgia's 25-2 and two on the year. Uh, there's not much to really just break down. Coastal Georgia won 16 to 1, 17 to 2, and 8 nothing. None of the games made it to the bottom of the fifth. Mariners took care of action, and that about does it for the weekend review. The only midweek base baseball matchup is Weber traveling down to Ave Maria facing the Gyrenes. Uh Weber swept Ave to start conference play. A couple weeks ago, they need to get back right and need to get these two games and tune up for Southeastern. Just got swept against Kaiser. Hopefully, the boys will be able to bounce back. St. Thomas will be playing Palm Beach Atlantic on Tuesday as well. Um, you know, St. Thomas, that should just be a, a game. They just go and absolutely dominate. Softball, some games on Tuesday as well. We have a doubleheader between Florida National University and Warner University as they look to stay hot. And then the Sun Conference matchup, St. Thomas 
against Thomas in Thomasville, Georgia. Two uh, middle-of-the-pack teams and the Sun Conference both coming off just getting swept. I'm sure they'll be looking to turn their seasons around. We'll, we'll be doing a little review on that later this week. I'm sure as some as you can tell, my voice is a little bit scratchy. It was a, it's a, it was like a long weekend. We uh, did a lot of yelling. What not voice is pretty much gone at this point. Uh, that's going to about do it for me. We have an awesome interview coming. Friday's episode will feature Coach Tim Hayes of the Southeastern Fire women's basketball team coming off their final four appearance. We get to talk about the season with Coach Hayes. Going to have a lot of fun there. Next week, we're going to have some more Weber baseball players on and beach volleyball player. We are trying to get that set up. Their schedule has been uh, has added to where they haven't been able to do many interviews. And uh, might as well, Weber football, we're just starting spring practice. Having a lot of fun with that. I'm sure a lot of teams across the Sun Conference, across the country, they're really happy to get those pads back on, hitting. Boy, I cannot wait for the fall. Oh, I cannot wait for Sun Conference football in the fall. Also, uh, we're going to have some lacrosse guests on. There's only two teams in the Sun Conference, or usual Sun Conference team, Kaiser and Weber. Uh, so I didn't wasn't planning on talking lacrosse on Suncast, but these are two teams playing very well. They're both in the top 10 in the NAIA. So we're going to talk some across here very soon, and that's going to do it for me. Uh, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for tuning in, sticking with me. Uh, just trying to get better on my end, you know, just trying to make better podcasts for y'all. Really appreciate y'all. Uh, love y'all. Have a great one. I will see y'all on Friday. Peace out.